I'm Gabby Jules. Blue skies over West London, maybe. I don't know. I haven't looked at the weather. <laughs> uh, guys, we're back. We live. We hot. Um, the We've had the Boxing Day fixtures. Yes. We'll be getting into them. Big win for Liverpool. City are back and winning. But I think we have to start with Manchester United and Aston Villa. And to help us dissect the Jules, look who's here. Here it is. Villa fan extraordinaire. The legend. Luis Miguel Echegaray. Um, all right. Two nil. Two nil down at halftime, and I'm thinking, man, whatever buzz they got from Sergio from the announcement of the Jim Ratcliffe deal, which by the way isn't done, but it's gonna needs to be completed. Man, it's all gone. There's booze ringing out. Yeah, I thought they were poor in the first half. What did Ten Hag change at halftime? Did he change anything, or did the team just start playing better? So already at the end of the first half, United were playing better. And Villa scored two goals on set pieces, two really good goals. But then already I felt towards the last 10 minutes of the first half, there's a couple of offsides, there's the Bruno Fernandes kind of chance. So it felt already that United were better in the game towards the end of the first half. However, the second half, they just took the game away from Villa, who were disappointed, who just almost stopped playing and took it for granted, I think. And I think for me, Garnacho just took the game onto him and made a big difference. Yeah, the warning signs were there when Garnacho's goal was disallowed. Mm. And like Jules said, I think what happened at halftime was Eric Ten Hag said, listen, we have to now be more aggressive because actually in the first half, they were dropping off. And this is uncharacteristic of Unai Emery. He did not adapt. The high line stayed. United kept pressing. Garnacho became more aggressive. It wasn't just him. And sooner rather than later, that was just going to happen. Villa caught United offside seven times in the first half. But that just was not going to continue with the new platform Ten Hag. And Unai just couldn't adapt, which again, as I said, was uncharacteristic. Yeah, he seemed, Unai Emery seemed grumpy after the game. I don't know. The kind of Italian in me says, if you let a 2-0 lead at halftime slip, especially against a team that at that point I'm thinking I'm right saying United had lost more games and they'd won in all competitions all season or yeah. neck and neck anyway. Uh, there's no real excuse for that. And, it, and it's strange for a guy who's done so well in, in knockout competitions, especially where you are playing on that. Did, did Unai Emery just ultimately think that, hey, look, did he believe the hype about United say they really are that rubbish and the players, and you know what? Oh, I was about to say that person's name. Uh, the people who put these stories out about all the players having zero faith in Ten, yeah. in Ten Hag were correct. They're not going to come out to play in the second half. I mean, Villa never dropped points from winning positions in the league this season anyway. So I think usually when they lead... So they, that's why it's so uncorrect. Yeah, yeah, completely. But, but, but maybe... So maybe they were surprised by this, especially the first 15 minutes of that second half. Uh, by the way, United re-attacked the second half in a way, although we saw that kind of coming. And I agree with LME. I just think that Unai was too passive, really, on the touchline as the, as the second half happened. And I, I think he should have changed something. Although Villa had a big chance at 2-1 up to go 3-1 up, then at 2-2 to go 3-2 up, the John McGinn saved on the line by, oh, not on the line, but pretty much by Evans. So it was not all bad, but they just got caught in a very uncharacteristically way, like we said. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, the, I think the interesting thing is that had Una Emery at halftime said, and obviously it's the cliche of cliches, 2 nothing is the most dangerous scoreline, but sometimes it's really true. Mm. Una Emery at halftime could have been like, listen, forget the high line. We're now going to sit and we're going to let them continue to be frustrated, then maybe the Garnacho de Salatko wouldn't have happened. And we know his maybe teams can counter. do that. We've seen his teams do right. that. Because Arsenal, for example, yeah. at home, they but still the problem is, and this is an Unai Emery literal quote, 
is that he has instilled this incredible high line catching teams offside, left, right and centre to the point where they now, the players themselves, instinctively do it. It's like he can't even coach them not to do it. And I think that was a, a major fault. Now, here's a factor gap. And Jules will agree with me here. And I'm not making excuses. But when you don't have Buba Kamara in that midfield, which is the double pivot with Douglas Luiz, big holes are open. He's already because he's, he's rolling his eyes. And Pau Torres at the back. And Yuri Tillemans, who was starting before he got hurt. Those, now, yes, there's injuries everywhere. I'm Matthew just Cash telling as well. you that then Dunker, as good as he is, is not Buba Kamara. Yeah. And that's how much we missed him in that right. game. But full so, credit to Eric Tanang and United. Like, oh, yeah, no, sure. no, hey, the Buba Kamara is that you are, you United are at full fitness, coming off having just won the treble. Are, Everybody's with That wasn't Johnny Evans, I saw at the back. That wasn't Kobe Mino in midfield. That wasn't Hannibal. Hannibal yeah, coming on. He only came on for whatever. 10 minutes or something. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I feel like we need to praise United, praise those players yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. And I, my view of United right now is these players know Ten Hag isn't going anywhere for a while, right? Because this, this, this thing needs to be completed. It's in everybody's interest to pull together. And however faced or not faced they may have, this whole idea of players downing tools, that happens very, very rarely. And I don't I think if United lose games, it's not because they're downing tools. It's because they're not good. And yeah. they were good on this occasion. Let's try to be positive in this festive season of yeah. United because we saw positives. I'm gonna make this very simple. The Rashford Garnacho uh deal on the wings, I think, works a lot better than Anthony. You can even flip him around, which we've seen, right? Move right, move Rashford to the other side, move Garnacho over. Doesn't matter. Either way, it's better than with Anthony. When Rashford shows up and he's shown up, do we think something has changed with Rashford? Jules? I don't know. I don't think so. I think, but again... Why was when, he so bad for so long? And now no, suddenly but when they can here. play the transition game like this, it helps them massively. This is what they are, really. I know ten a counter-attacking side. They are, which is what they are. It's not, it's, it's not a, an insult or anything like that. They might be able to play better in possession than what they've done so far this season. But this is a team that, if you if you give them all that space, Garnacho, Rashford, Holden, Bruno, this is what uh, Ericsson, this is what they're very good at. <laughs> you said like the transition team as opposed to the opposite of that is obviously control team. Remember when they controlled the game against West Ham? Yeah, yeah. So I was just thinking. No, but it's true. But it's part true. of the reason why they were successful in that game is part of the narrative of what they did in the second half. The question will now be: Can they do that kind of thing? Not just for forty-five minutes, but for seventy-five, for sixty. The reason why Rashford and Garnacho worked well together was partly because they were countering that high line from mm. Villa. So there was a lot of one-on-ones. I mean, when you looked at the disallowed goal, Garnacho was literally one, took Emi Martinez around. Like, so those moments need to happen more for Manchester United. What happens when they play teams that are not doing a high line, when they're like solidifying more in the midfield, and when they're, well, and when they're like actually that. countering the We counter. saw that against West Ham, right? Yeah, they struggled. Then, no, they control the game. Yeah, yeah, but right. not much yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, But I, I, a big thing, though, is Hoyland and his goal was big because that, that kid needs that confidence builder because, you know, fair enough, so much has been rested on his shoulders, mm-hmm. but he needs that kind of delivery. He needs those kind of moments. So as long as that continues, that's great. Yeah, I don't think Hoyland's going to turn into Holland or no, high, no. but it is a step in the right direction. I'm less concerned with goals. I've said all season long that they should have had another body in there to score goals and take some of the pressure off them. Every striker needs confidence. 
Yeah, you I know. Missed, but that, you missed but, some chances, some big chances before. Yeah, no, and I'll continue to miss big chances again because he's 20 years old and he's developing. And some people are ready at 19 or 20 to go and play 50 games in a season. There's nothing to suggest that he that that that, that he is, and that is one of the major blunders. Thinking you can go and, and I'm sorry, if I, bring, I bring this up like I feel like every show, but it is just so stupid and unnecessary to go into a season with Hoyland at 20, moving from freaking Atalanta with one season in a big five. Yeah. You know, after having started 20 league games with him and part-time Tony Marshall. Uh. <laughs> So, Anthony Martial, Tony yeah. Marshall, yeah, the part-time plumber, right? Yeah, on an expiring contract. Completely, right? completely, so I, I think we've gone back to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I wonder about this, though, is you said about the transition. Is it a case that, from what you guys are saying, Ratchet and Garnacho, yeah, when you're playing on the counter, and by the way, United can't bank on playing on the counter and transition at home that often, right? No, no, no. Um, and there's also the obvious question, as we touched upon before, is why are you playing on the counter? Why are you, why are you being allowed to play on the counter when you're two goals down at home? Yeah, that's that's on Emery. Yeah, but is it a case though that against better teams, uh, that or, or teams that are going to defend more stoutly, they're going to need Anthony? Is that why? I is that why Anthony's any, still around, or I does Anthony serve anybody no needs whatsoever? Anthony? I don't think anyone. <laughs> Needs Anthony against anybody. I just don't understand. At his very best right now, he's a twenty-minute man. He's he's so limited right now in what he does. You have to just rely right now, and that's the issue right there. You have to rely on what that you just saw in Garnacho and Rashford. But I agree with Jules. At this very moment, really? the best you can expect from Anthony is that he comes on with twenty minutes to go and he produces. Because right now, there's no way that you start him. All right. You guys are very big on all the absentees, um, Kamara and Pau Torres and Bauer. Cash. Oh, and Matty Cash. Oh, yes, yeah, of yeah. course, yes. Poland right back, uh, Matty Cash. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, why don't you bring up Tyrell Mings? He wasn't playing either, right? Or Emiliano Buendia. Yeah, there you go, Emi Buendia. That's John Traore. Thank you. Um, obviously, United's have have a very, very long injury rate as they well. Did, yes. Yeah. So... Just before United fans jump all over me, I think it's fair to remind them of who was out for this game, yeah? Which is about three central defenders. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Casemiro. It's Mason Mount, who we can all ha-ha-ha laugh at, but most people thought was very good this time 12 months ago. Yeah. Um, you had Christian Eriksen playing, who I'm not sure should be playing at this level. Other than he can't run cameo anymore, appearance. But what? He can't a, run anymore. I mean, technically, he's still very good, but he just can't run anymore. Yeah. All right, so but let's give people something to be... Oh, and McTominay was on the bench. Now, I'm going to ask about this. I know how you feel about McTominay. Okay, I'll ask Alan Yeah, because right? you know my... Because you know I know my, what you're going to yeah, say. Yeah, he should be on the bench anyway. But yeah, go on. <laughs> like, is, is McTominay... Does he ever have a place as a starter on this United team? No. No. Not right now. Not, especially not with a Ten Hag system. He's not a Ten Hag player. He's somebody that maybe if you need, like, a body, again, different kind of reasons, but same kind of outcome... Last 20 minutes, and maybe, but no, he's not. Here. Can we get excited if we're United fans, which we're not, but can we get excited about Kobe? Yeah. Oh, sure. 100%. Remember we talked about the Galata, after the Galatasaray game where I don't think Ten Hag did him a, a service by bringing him on with half an hour to go when they were leading, and then the hand of the game was a collapse. I, I really don't think that was a good move from Ten Hag, but there's games where he starts, and despite being only 18... It's just, you, you could tell how good he's going to be. And he's not there yet. There's still a lot of things for him to learn. There's a couple of 
ball that he loses in, in dangerous position that he should not be losing. There's a couple of bad passes, but overall, he's a wonderful talent. Yeah, whenever I think of 18-year-old players, I think you're going to make mistakes. It's going to happen, especially in December when you're playing seven, eight games, whatever. But are you embracing the moment? And we have seen more than one example that he does. So it's good. It's just a work really in progress. So if we project forward, I, 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 I'm assuming they would have... This, this is where I struggle with, right? With the... We were out, it's January... You need to strengthen this team. Um, the Ratcliffe sale or the for the twenty five percent, it will be money coming in, but there is a process to it. It's four to six weeks, I would think, because it's in everybody's interest to go and mutually make moves before that. But then you still have issues about who's making the decision, because until that deal goes through, four to six weeks. They can st- it can still collapse. Something can happen, right? Yeah. So you can't put Dave Brailsford in charge, or maybe you can, and say Brailsford makes some decisions. Is that Which what I you think do? that's the case? I that's what you have to do. Yeah, right? I think that's what's happening. Yeah, you have to act now. And what's on your shopping list then? But, but you would think, really, and I know we're talking about United, so we never know with them. We're never <laughs> sure that even before the the Ratcliffe deal was confirmed, that whoever is working in that recruitment team from Myrtle to Fletcher to the scouts etc that they already had back in September even or September October plans in place for the January transfer window regardless of who was in the ownership wasn't what kind of money they must have had names already there to strengthen some position they would have had meetings with Ten Hag with the staff right that everybody every team does that not even the top 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 ones everybody does so you would think they have that in place. Test already being implemented. I mean, I remember going sure. to Manchester and asking United fans, and the biggest issue they had, number one, the Glazers. They're still there no matter what. So the direction has to happen. And like you said, there's a list that's already been done. What list is that now? I mean, I'm still with you. You need somebody else aside from Hoyland because you can't, you can't just keep going for the rest of the season. Try and get European football and just rely on him. So that to me is my number. Like Cerro Girassi has been scouted by them, by a lot of teams. But Girassi on fire in the Bundesliga, you know, who I think would be allowed to go, he's going to Afcon. To be fair, he has a he has a he has a release clause. Yeah. yeah so we'll it's be talking low. about him. We'll be talking about him later. I would not go and get a guy like Girassi at this stage um, on a permanent deal. Because, Why? Well, because you. For the same reason, and you're kind of preempting my quick hit later, but no, I know, the but simple why? reason is the guy turns 28 years old. This is his first season scoring a ton of goals. If Girassi comes to Manchester United, rightly, he will want a significant multi-year contract based on the fact that he's had a tremendous half season and scored 11 goals last year. I don't think that's what United need. If he were younger... Well, so what do you do the then? number one of your list? So Position-wise, what, what Position uh, no, no, let, let's stay on the striker. What, what do they do then? I think you look to bring in a veteran center forward on loan who can who can score from the Premier League and from wherever you can get him. Yeah, I think sure. there's a lot of teams like looking to looking to shed salaries, um, and you find somebody that that's a fit. Where if it has to be on, I mean, if there's somebody you really like and you think you have an immediate impact and the money's there, sure, go and blow another fifty million. Yeah, but but like, they tried that with Veghorst, and that was clearly a bad idea. They can't do that every year. Bringing like a vague horse in January. Okay, where did they finish with vague horse? No, no, but vague horse was not. No, 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 no. I, where did they finish in the league? Third. But the, 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 the cause to consequence right? of vague horse and the third place finish. I, I would disagree with that. No, vague horse was I'm there. Sorry. He ate up minutes. He didn't score much, or I think he's at all. No, yeah. Um, I think but, the biggest thing that you need 
is somebody, regardless whether it's a veteran, but somebody that's confident in front of the goals, has given you something. It's, this is not going to happen. But somebody like Santiago Jimenez, who can come in and maybe wants to prove himself. But then I, you I block Hoyland, though. Then you block Hoyland. Yeah. If, if, if I'm Jimenez, I'm going to go. I know he's a great player, whatever. We got to see if we can do the jump up. It's the same. It's a, it's a Hoyland situation. Then I got that's why I like Girassi. That's why I like Girassi. Girassi is 28. He's not going to ask for a starting spot all the time. He's, he he feel like lucky to be at a club like Manchester United already. As a backup, as a starter now and again, you don't block Hoyland. You've got a reliable player. Okay, I get. I give you that. He's not going to score. It depends on the size of the deal. Depends if he wants four years. Look, he's probably making a pittance. So yeah, maybe yeah. maybe there maybe there is a logic to 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 Girassi. someone like that. Problem with Girassi if he didn't score straight away, they're like ah ha ha. You're just going for the guy who's hot right now, right? There's got to be other Girassi types. I just want somebody to eat up minutes, to not do something stupid, to not give the ball away, to give Hoyland a breather when he needs to, and the guy who can convert chances if Bruno, when Bruno sets him up, because let's face it, it's going to be Bruno setting yeah. him up, because nobody else does anything on this team. Other than and, and the good news is no European football. So That's like, true. At least the schedule is a lighter. lighter. All right. yeah, yeah. Do they need help in midfield? I think they need more help at the back than midfield. How many midfielders do you want? Okay, so, so midfield- everybody's going to be fit. So once you've got Casemiro, Mount, Eriksen, Kobe, Amrabat, McTominay. But those are numbers, not quality. Yeah, those are numbers. But you can't- I know, but there's a, there's a point right. where you can't just have okay. add another player, add another player because you want, yeah. unless you sell. Unless you do it with strikers because you're slow on strikers. No, unless you yeah. sell. Right. I would say the next part. And obviously, Sancho is the guy you would want to move, or at least even on loan, whatever. Surely, I get the move. logic there. Mm. Um, at the back? Well, how much can you depend oh, yeah. on that Johnny Evans is going to keep doing? No, you can't. No, I'd depend. never want to see Johnny Evans play football again. <laughs> no, really. But, Sorry, Johnny. But what about the but block? No, the block was good. What about the block? <laughs> this is really funny because it's one of those things where. I, when I'm watching on TV, I see commentators. Oh, what a tremendous block. I'm like, dude, he's standing. He's there. Yeah. He's standing between the goal and the player. As a defender, what are you going to do? It's not something you can plan. It's not yeah. a good block. You put your foot oh, out and you hold it. Yeah, no, yeah, but that, that, Johnny Evans. I never hear Like, honestly, that and cheering for corner kicks yeah. are the two things that <laughs> blow my mind. Yeah, and this is how long I mean, still haven't gotten used to it. What? This is how long he's been around. Johnny Evans was in the three-two comeback yeah, with say. the Makeda win. The Kiko Makeda game, and I think Johnny Evans was old back then too. Two thousand and nine. Oh, 2009 or yeah, yeah, something yeah, like 2012 that. Yeah, 2012 was another 3-2 with Chicharito. 2009 was a Johnny Evans became the one. That's how long he's been. I, mean, I love Johnny. I mean, Johnny Evans, great seven to football, but this, you know, this is it. All right. So, but the question is. All right, Lisandro Martinez, I think at this stage we... It's going to come out. back at some point, but, right? Yeah but, yeah, but not in this half season, right? So you, you ask yourself, who do I need in this half season to be able to get top four? Is top four in play? Yeah, like, they're, not that f- they're not that far. They're they not are that far a little out. bit... Right? So that has to be your goal. Five, yeah, the top five are obviously flying as in are clearly above everybody else, but they're not that far. They can still do it. Okay. It's mathematically possible. Five is more realistic to me, but four is still doable, yeah. And five might still get you into the Champions Correct. League next year. It might, yeah. So that has to be the goal between now and the season. And we feel that they need help at the back. I mean, I presumably you'd want a, a new right back too. Yeah. And if a left back unless Shaw gets because Shaw gets injured, but, you know, whatever. But in reality, we're talking a center back. Yeah, but again... And ideally, you shift Varane. If you, you need to set on, let go, yeah. You can't just add another one again. So you're not, you're not Lindelof, Maguire. If, 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 if he moves on, you're looking at Lindelof, Maguire, 
and the, the the kid who started the other day. So you need somebody else in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Camboala is a good French kid. I love I love him. Paris born and bred. I do, I do. So <laughs> very special, but he's not ready. Yeah, I mean, I think he could play, but not for the remaining of the season, every game. Yeah, he has to go. All right, let's go back to Villa. We we defined success for Ten Hag to salvage a season for United. Is Emery already playing with house money? No, I mean I think what if, you, if you're Suarez and the other guy, what do you want from? Well, what constitutes success this season? Well, listen, I think I think there needs to be a massive amount of context here. What happened against United was an anomaly. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the first time, as you said earlier, where Villa have lost a game when they were leading. It's the first time in the season where they haven't won after two games, right? And But when you look overall at the context right now, to be third in the Premier League after Boxing Day, right? The fact that only Manchester City has accumulated more points in 2023, we've already seen great things. Mm-hmm. Now, I think... Even when we were like talking about, you know, oh, two more points on their top of the table, a successful season, a successful season to me is European competition. If we get top four, if Aston Villa gets top four at the end of this season, that's a tremendous achievement. But it's very, very doable. And I go back to this. When you, it's the same argument if you say, oh, Liverpool without Salah, Trent Alexander-Arnold, or Arsenal without Saka or Odegaard. When you don't have Buba Kamara, Pau Torres, Yuri Tillemans, then there's a little bit of an issue. Now, when those really? players come back, maybe add another I'm sorry, point. I can only deal with this so much. I get the Pau Torres and Kamara are important players. It's a players. factor, Gab. Okay, but I'm sorry. Then you compare them to Liverpool without no, no, Mohamed no. Salah. No, I, in terms I, no, of no, importance no, my, to their own team. Okay, no, no, okay. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to let this slip, right? No, me neither. No, who's what? more important? To, who's more important? Okay, so no, because all season long, right? I hear about Douglas Luiz this, Douglas Luiz that. Right? Who, had a, who, 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 by the way, had a terrible who had a bad game. Okay, fine, but... Who's more important? Who's more important? This is Who? a relative question. No, no, no. Okay, but didn't you know? To Aston Villa. To Aston Villa. Who's more important? Just even among the midfielders. I would have thought, as a non-Aston Villa fan, I would have thought that Douglas Luiz and John McGinn are more important to Aston Villa's midfield I than Buba Kamar. No, now Buba Kamar is more important than those guys, wrong. too. I, I, right, just checking. I listen, it's, is he it's, more important than Ollie Watkins, too? Buba Kamara, the reason... I'll explain why. A massive. Listen. I'm listening. I'm all ears. A massive, massive. Like, when, if you look at Una Emery's to-do list when it comes mm-hmm. to you know what they want to do in a game, right? The one of the number one priorities is to make sure that the double pivot is extremely solidified, allowing players like McGinn and Douglas Luiz to do their thing, allowing Ollie Watkins to become more threatening going forward. The only way that happens, right, is if you have a very strong pass-friendly, protective in front of the back line kind of player, and that's Buba Kamara. You remove that player, and then things can happen, which is what happened against United. I'm not saying it's the reason why they lost. I'm saying that when you remove Buba Kamara out of that game, three suspension, and it's his fault, because it was his silly decision to get that red card. But missing him for three games straight is a massive yeah, factor. He's very is. important. It is. And you move McGinn. McGinn has to come centrally. So he has to be more defensive, left. Yes. Exactly. It's not the same. It's a big right. one. My, uh, my other question, just more of a, as a fan, as a big fan of Diaby and a big fan of Zaniolo, obviously. Why does he only send them on, was it like five or six minutes ago? Well, Diaby started the season very well. No, no, no. But I'm just talking because... The Holland was 81st. The, the, the most likely players to get substituted in most games in modern football are wing backs and wingers, right? Because for obvious reasons, because they're sprinting all the time and whatever, right? 
I don't understand. You've got two guys. One of, I mean, you know my thoughts on Diaby. I, I think he's exceptional. Right? Yeah, yeah. And look, it's not a knock on Bailey, and Bailey's maybe faster. But then again, I also wonder Bailey sprints at the end of the game might like, not be as quick as Jabby's. Jabby certainly has a lot more quality than Bailey, in my view. Sanyal has more quality than both of them, but he's got other issues, but whatever. But he's a big boy. He can win headers. He nearly yeah. won a header. Scored the other day, right? I, I, anybody want to knock him for leaving it so late? Just well, even like to get fresh legs on the pitch, you have five substitutes available to you. And the problem with no, I, I, I agree, I think it was okay. too late of a late decision because Leon Bailey was not doing that 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 much. I think Diaby right now, unfortunately, specifically in December, is going through a little bit of a rough patch. But I do is think... that because he's not Paris born and bred? <laughs> no, he is. Oh, he is, and he's yeah. letting them down. Okay, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, given the narrative of that game and how United were pushing and pushing and pushing, it was just like he was entering a winless situation. But he hasn't been playing well in the last few games. But with Villa, which we said from the beginning, and again, it's not a criticism or anything, but if they drop a little bit the level, we've said City, Liverpool, Arsenal still have, they're going to get better. Mm-hmm. They, they are, they're not at their best. Villa are at their best. But if they drop that level a little bit, just a little bit, or if there's a player missing, a couple of players missing, then I think that's where they become very vulnerable. And this is, for me, the difficulty for them because to go through the whole of the second half of the season as good as they were in the first half is going to be tricky. There will be European competition, there will be AFCON, there will be all of that. And I, and I, just, and I just think that it's, it will be difficult because as soon as they drop it a little bit, then I, get, I think they will be in a... This is the real test, mm-hmm. the, the one after right. December. I will leave you all with these thoughts about how, how football has changed and the kind of season that we're having, that we're talking about the disappointment of Aston Villa needing to keep their level after they lost 3-2 at Old Trafford to Manchester United and are, what, third in the table? Um, I'll take it. Still very good. <laughs> Hats off to Unai Emery. That's all I can say. Like you, you know my views on him, but we we can my be demanding him, still. What? Can be demanding when they've been so good so far this season. Thirty nine points. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it's one last thing you said. Sort of the the baseline of what constitutes success, and I, I I'm assuming you share my view that it's not just about where you finish in the table, like six versus third versus eighth or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you look for for forward progress. But you said European football. If Villa finish sixth or seventh, still get European football and show progress to the point that they can hang on to their top players, that's success for me. Right? The Europa League, a good run in the cup, I think that's a successful season. Champions League football would be even ahead of schedule, but it would be remarkable. But Europe, Europa League football would be great. Yeah. All right. So I asked him about that and I'll ask you what does Eric Ten Hag need to do? Let, let's say your pal Jean-Claude Blanc calls you over yeah. and says, Jules, I need to decide. I need to have a target yeah. for Eric Ten Hag between now and the season for me to keep him. What does he need to do? So he needs a top five finish. I'm sorry, United can't finish below five yeah. in the league for sure. And then really the only thing they have left is the FA Cup after that because as we said, there's no European competition. That was a, a big disappointment in itself. I don't know if they can win the FA Cup, but certainly winning the FA Cup and finishing fifth, for example, I think would be okay-ish, just about, after finishing third and winning the League Cup. If you win the FA Cup and finish fifth, I think it would just be acceptable, just about. All right, enough LME. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Liverpool beat Burnley 2-0, confirming they're still right there in the title hunt. Jules, how they look? 
After they look good, Gab, they scored two, they could have scored more. They didn't concede much either. I mean, the Brune Larsen shot on the endo, uh, bad pass. That was that was it, really. I thought it was good. I don't think Burnley away is the... Benchmark? Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, really. But you go, you win, you put pressure on the others, you stay there at the top. You know you're going to lose Mo Salah to Afghan, which is going to be challenging to say the least, but you also have a lot of options. Jota comes back, scores. Darwin's finally scores as well. So, well, I think all a very good afternoon for Klopp. I thought it was a great finish from, yeah. from, from Dar- a very un-Darwin-like finish. When he doesn't have to think. Um, but I, also, I wouldn't be so concerned by those late chances. From, because we against Burnley, it's feast or famine, right? Mm. So they're going to attack you. They will create chances. But yeah. I, I just think Liverpool, the last couple of games, have played very, very well. And I hate to say it because, you know, I'm a big Japan fan. They'll look a lot better when Endo is on the bench oh. playing football for them and Alexis McAllister's back. Noni Madweke penalty gives Chelsea a 2-1 home win against Crystal Palace. Gab, you were there. Encouraging signs for Poch? I think I know the answer. <laughs> no, no. They, so, okay. So, like, you know, we're going we're gonna to play positive Thursday here? Yeah, positive. Let's, let's go. Okay, Christopher Chris Kunku played. Uh, uh, he so plays well. And he played well, so we discovered he's a real person. We discovered Romeo Lavia is also oh. a real person. He didn't play so well, but then yep. Chuck Don came, in, came on as a sub, passed the ball sideways. He's kind of like a sort of a taller Moises Caicedo, except <laughs> he didn't give the ball away as often as, as Caicedo did. Look, there's no Palmer, there's no Enzo, no Sterling in this game. The quality goes way down. And so maybe maybe this is why he said, let me just have like four fast guys yeah. and I'll just lump the ball when I can. But still, the same mistake, still no real identity. And again, maybe you don't have the identity because Enzo and Palmer aren't there. Fine. But develop some. Do something. Yeah. And it could have gotten very negative very quickly. And by the way, that Madueke penalty that, that he won, um, VAR took, took, took an age. Yeah. They took an absolute age. I suppose they were deciding whether it was inside the box. Yeah, that's what I thought too. They yeah. couldn't have been deciding, is it a foul? It was, it was obviously a foul. It was so right? obvious, yeah. Thomas Tuchel complains that he's shorthanded at the back. Jules and Real Madrid need a central defender too. They're both linked to Rafael Varane. Yeah. How about that? His deal United is up uh, June 2025. I don't think Eric Ten Hag is a big Rafael Varane fan. I don't think so either, unfortunately. Um, so do you think if he moves to Bayern or Madrid, then maybe he'll stop getting all those flus? All those flus? The, all that influenza? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think if you look for experience, and I think... Uh, both Bayern and Real Madrid don't want to go and spend 100 million on on a maybe like a young no. top center back, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it would be good. Take him on loan. Take him on loan or get, get a decent deal from United with Varane as well. Madrid, obviously, he knows. Bayern would be a, a different experience, but why not? He's got that experience. He's going to turn 31. Next this year come in uh, in 2024. I know that it gets a few injuries, but I'm a big fan, as you know. So for me, it's a good idea. However, for Bayern, just to finish, I thought they needed someone who could play right back as well, a centre back, maybe someone like a I don't know, like a Tomori or <laughs> someone like a Benjamin Pavard. Oh, Benjamin Pavard, <laughs> hey, by the way, remember him. Uh, but you know, we see. I think I think there will be a lot of. Uh, clubs linked with Rafael Varane in January. Bournemouth before I took you just say I feel Real Madrid. You do this if you can get them on loan. Yeah. I think just loan six months and see where you are. You do this in a heartbeat. Yeah, like you don't even think about it. Bournemouth be full. I'm three nil, Gab. But is Ben Leno really in trouble for pushing a ball boy away? 
So this is, uh, you've, you've seen the video. He does the ball boys being slow, getting the ball back to him. I mean, objectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no. And As an Italian, you know what it is, yeah? Yes. It's, this is what you <laughs> it's the oldest thing in the world, our ball boys. Hey, look, if we're, if we're behind, get the ball back quickly. If we're ahead, get it back slowly. I don't really know that he really, I, he grabs, he grabs the ball from yeah. him. And then he kind of puts his arm out to him. Is it a push? Is it a shove? It's not a kid fell over. Oh, no. It didn't look great. After that, the Premier League got all, well, whoever the referee was, like, no more multi-ball system, which is what the multi-ball system sounds like. It's some high piece of like technology. A pinball, yeah, it's pinball, just that there's yeah. different balls, that, like, which just slows the ball that came down even more, by the way. Um, I don't think he should be. Do you think he was in trouble? No, nah, I don't think so. I mean, much is that like making be. fun? Join, it's like, join the Eden Hazard, Swansea, Ball Boy. No, that was much yeah, more. The guy was, falls that, over it, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, this, but this seems really this much ado about nothing. Yeah. But by the way, we know it happens in the Premier League, and Michael Silva's right. They do tell Ball Boys. Hmm. But like, in every country, not just in the Premier League. Really? Yeah. Right. I, it, it seems very archaic, but yes, it, does, so. it does happen. Jules, we're not done. More quick hits. Let's go. Manchester City returned to the Premier League to beat Everton on the road 3-1. Still no Erling Haaland, but still plenty of goals, Jules. Yeah, I thought the first half was just a little bit flat. Rodri with the mistake on the Everton goal. But the second half was just wonderful. Like City of old, really. And I think the way they celebrated at the end with the fans, Guardiola, his kind of flash interviews, everything that we hear from that camp. Shows that, shows that I think they feel very much more on the up after this game. Before this game, sorry, there was one win in six in the Premier League. So to go to Everton, yeah. being one nil down at half time, come back in that kind of way and win was very, very impressive. I thought Everton definitely, let's not forget, a really a tough out of late mm-hmm. given the way they've been doing with Rashawn Dice. Although, a little bit, Dundee's not happy with the uh, with the penalty. No, although I, th- I mean, I, I don't okay. understand. Like, even if the shot the is not on target, clear. yeah. Even if Ake's yeah. ball is not going to go in, we know that. This is a hundred percent penalty. And by the way, you just mentioned Rodri. What was he? Why did he fall over like that? I was don't know. It was to... strange. Yeah, it was really, really very strange. odd. Yeah, very strange. And we didn't do this on the last show because we did a, a Christmas special, guy. Yeah, but it's time, I think, to celebrate City winning the club World Cup. Yeah. So the people who really annoy me, and they're everywhere, unfortunately. Oh yeah. People who say like, oh, do why, why, why even bother celebrating it? It's not a real trophy. Who cares? Club World Cup, blah, blah, blah. It really, really annoys me. Yeah. It's ignorant. It's disrespectful to all these other people around the world. Yes. Are they much better than these other teams? Yes. But you still have to go out and do it. Yeah. You still have to go out and prove it. It matters to the people who are there. It matters to the fans who travel. And, you know, look, if people want to make a joke out of this, this is the last... Club World Cup in this format, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, 2025, we're going to have... The big one. It's, it's going to be different. Yep. Um, maybe people will treat this more seriously. Maybe. Um, but I think Pep Guardiola took it serious, and that's important enough. enough. You yep. don't need to go and crap on them because of it. I agree. Newcastle's tough run continues, Jules, as they lose 3-1 at home to Nottingham Forest. Jules, one win in their last six, and they're down to eighth place. You going to blame injuries? I think injuries have played a big part, of course. We've talked about it a lot on the show. You're not going to blame Jason Tindall, then? No, but I think Eddie Howe has to take responsibility. I I just think that, okay, injuries can happen. It it might be down to what they did preseason. It doesn't matter so much. I think sometimes you need to adjust to what you have or what you don't have as a Premier League manager, what is working, what's not working. Is keeping the same system all the time 
a good idea. I'm not so sure. It's playing Kieran Trippier when he makes mistakes, mistake after mistake, a good idea when you've got Livramento available from him. I'm not so sure either. So I think Eddie Howe needs to take some of the blame. And now, if you look at who they're playing, Liverpool, City and Villa back-to-back, plus Sunderland in the FA Cup. So things could get far worse before they get better for them. Sunderland in the FA Cup, of course, for those who don't know, is a big local Massive. rivalry. Uh, I totally agree. I just don't think they're used to playing necessarily in Europe and, yeah, in, uh, uh, and in the league. Not many of these players, not how. And they, on top of that, the injuries, they paid a big price for it. Gab, both sides are claiming victory at the European Court of Justice after the verdict of the, the Super League. Who, who's right? Who has really won? So when we did the show, it was in the morning. Um, that Yeah, it was hot. It just happened. It had just happened. Um, so what happened is they issued the verdict, which is all written in legalese and is a million uh, pages long, and you have to sit down and read. And then they also issue a press release. And the press release is the one that's one page, readily accessible. And that says UEFA and FIFA abused their monopolistic position yeah. as competition organizers or whatever. And that's what it says in the press release. That's not what it says in the verdict. To the point that UEFA have asked them, said, like, why did this weird press release go out? It's a little bit like happened in the Court of Arbitration for Sport. If you okay. remember in the Man City case, it said the, the, head, the, the, uh, the title of the press release was Manchester City did not violate financial fair play well that's not what the yeah. what the actual verdict said right i mean it exonerated them overturned the ban but not it didn't actually come out and say that so there's some confusion over this as i understand it having spoken to both sides um basically the european court of justice found that the rules that uh the uefa had in place in 2021 or they didn't really have any rules when you had the breakaway for a, rules which or criteria for allowing other clubs to go and organize their own competitions outside of UEFA were insufficient and not compliant with European law. Mm. Um, A22, people on the other side say, they can't make them compliant with European law um, without basically handing over this power to the clubs. Uh, UEFA say, no, no, we can. And besides, none of these clubs, you know, all these clubs are still loyal to us. We're going to find out what the interpretation, yeah, what sure. the interpretation ultimately is, uh, and I think this is going to be played out over time. One thing that's almost certain, Jules, is more litigation. Yeah, Jules, A twenty two, they did circulate a plan it that is. they said was better than the current format, and that fans would like more. Uh, you're a fan. Yeah, you're the target audience. Tell us what their format looked like, and do you like it more? So the format about the three different tiers, right? Yes, we mentioned that briefly last time with the uh, star tier the gold tier and then the blue tier yes depending on 12 12 and 2014 yeah how big you are you only have to qualify for the blue. already i've got an issue with the invitation and the qualification for me you should qualify every single season for a european competition you should not be granted a place in a european competition because you are named chelsea arsenal city barcelona juventus etc etc if you stink in the league that season and you finish 12 there's no way you should be involved in any European But if you're mid-table in the gold tier, then and you don't get relegated, then you go back to the competition next Exactly. Year. You Which, don't like that. You don't like that. You should earn your place in that gold tier, not just being given it, which is what is the case right now. So already I've got a problem with that. I, like, I've, like I said to you before, we have a new form of the Champions League coming, coming out next season. I want to see that. I want to see the Swiss model. That might be very exciting. Everybody might like it. And then we won't need a three-tier competition after that. The Swiss model might not work. We might not like it. Then we might be ready to move for something else that UEFA could do for the Champions League because this is an idea that they already had too. 
I'm not so sure. Today, A22 put out some numbers saying like, uh, each, so they, they'd be ready for September 2025. They could have 5 billion euros for each each edition of those European competitions. So, and they would they would give the club 4.6 billion. When you think about today, UEFA give 2.7 billion uh, euros to the three uh, European competitions. So that's more money. Okay, is that enough to go for them? I'm not so sure. I'm also not sure how are they going to get this money because they also said, exactly. oh, but you know, we're going to have a sh one streaming platform and the game will all be free and ad supported and then there'll be a premium tier and whatever. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Do you trust these people to, to, to pull it off? Ultimately, they're going to have to convince clubs to, to that theirs is a more solid um, way forward yeah, and exactly. more lucrative. And a lot of reports in Spain and Portugal where it seems that a22 are leaking a lot of stuff, Gab, saying that there's no fewer than 15 big clubs that back their plan. Yeah, and they actually go and they name these clubs. As, from what I've heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, none of the clubs that, well, all the clubs that were in the original, um, you know, Super League, yeah. Super League, they've all come out against it, yeah. except for Milan, who haven't said anything. Yeah. Um, and obviously, except for Barcelona and Real Madrid, who are, who are still involved. Napoli did come out and say, this is a great idea. Like, <laughs> But it seems to me like these teams that are getting mentioned, Besiktas, Fenerbahce, Galatasaray, Porto, Benfica, these are teams that were not in the original yeah. Super League. So it seems like there's a lot of FOMO. They're including Lyon and Marseille. Do you, are they... I thought Marseille were originally maybe in the Super League and Lyon could could have hope for an invitation, as in, you know, some of those teams were invited. So I, I don't know. I, I, I would find that surprising, but may, maybe. Well, I mean... And Leon, if they don't get relegated now, so yeah. Sure. Antoine Griezmann had a few things to say about his future, Jules. Yeah, we know that he's discussing with Atletico Madrid for a new deal, uh, and said that it's very likely that Atletico is final European club. But after that, he wants to go to MLS. This is a dream of his. He said it many times before. I would love to see him in MLS very soon. That's for sure. Hey, we grew up watching idolizing Roberto Donadoni with the New York, New Jersey Metro. Of course, stars, of course, back in the year. That's why. Yeah. Elif Elmas has joined Leipzig from Napoli in a deal worth 25 million euros. Gab, is it a, a good deal, a good idea? It's a good deal for Napoli. It's an amazing deal, I think. I think. Uh, like, for a sub. Yeah, he's basically yes, a sir. substitute. He yeah. has been. He's very popular with the fans. He's a very, very talented player. He was very popular uh, in Turkey when 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 he first came over. Um, but the point is, if you're not, you're 24 years old. You're not a kid anymore, right? Yeah. So you should be a starter for Napoli, right? And you're not. And so I I find this odd. I mean, look. Leipzig like to cast a wide net. They have a lot mm -hmm. of players. Players come in, players come out. Obviously, they see the talent there. They, maybe they think it can be something else. Yeah. Maybe he just wants to get away from Walter Mazzal. I don't know. <laughs> Vitor Roque is on his way to Barcelona. Jules, is he the answer to the fact that this team is struggling to put the ball in the net? Maybe, Gab. We'll see. I'm, I'm quite excited, to be honest, to see him there. He did obviously very well at Paranense. In Brazil, he's young, but you could see the athleticism, the pace that he has. He's obviously a different profile to Lewandowski. So we will see, can he play with Lewandowski? I mean, this is what I think Xavi will slowly bring him in, which is the right thing to do. Of course, he's got a lot of adaptation to do. do you, could you play him and Lewandowski together? Could you play him a bit wide and keep Lewandowski? What do you do? It's another option that you have. It'd be very interesting to see how Xavi uses him and then what the first impressions that we have of him are. Yeah, my thinking on this is not 
to play him wide or do anything like that. My, my thinking is you got this guy to be a center forward, right? Yeah. He looks like a center yeah. forward. Yeah. He's played yeah. center yeah. forward. You use him as an alternative to Lewandowski in certain situations. Maybe they play together. But they, Barcelona have enough wide players, mm. right? If you want to adapt him, bring him along slowly perhaps, maybe a few minutes yeah. here and there, but have him do the job that he's actually, yeah. that you've signed him for eventually because Lewandowski in 18 months, his contract is up. Maybe he'll leave sooner. I don't know. But this is what you're doing. You know, find out if the future is, is viable. Yeah, I agree. Multiple reports in Italy said that Milan are closing in on Seru Girassi. We mentioned him earlier in the Man United chat. He's got a release clause worth 17 million euros. Which two guards? He's 28 in March, which you mentioned as well earlier. So you, I guess you're not on board on this one. I would like to see, like, the price, 17 million is not a lot. If he's not going to demand a lot in wages. But, which he but won't. It, but again, if I'm Girassi, this is the time to demand a lot in wages. Cause, because, like, dude, I'm like, I've never made a lot of money. I've only scored, I've scored 11 goals last year. I'm at 17 or however many million yeah. at this, this is halfway through the thing. I got to cash in, bro. I know, but he's still, because he's, he must be on low wage like he was in France before going to Stuttgart. Yeah. I mean, even if from Milan to Stuttgart, like twice more, it would still won't cost them what Leo is on, for example. I, I think you wash your mouth out with soap before you. I'm just saying. Now, I'm in just the same saying. sentence as Sergio Girassi. Yeah, look, I think they definitely need a bot. They definitely need somebody. Yeah. But then we said the same about Manchester United. So it's it's crazy to me that they're going for the same guy. I know. I know. Uh, and there's a question about whether United might get him or Milan. And also, is he that good? Really, I know this season has been amazing, but before. It's been pretty average, too. I think the word one season wonder applies. Milan, by the way, already have a guy like that in Luka Jovic, yeah. who's there. And if I'm Giroud, I'm kind of like, guys, really? Like, I'll nurture a young guy, but these dudes? I don't know. <laughs> Mikel Arteta's Arsenal can go back to the top of the table in a few hours when they kick off against your pal Davey Moyes in West Ham. Jules, do you think Arsenal should make some moves in January? Because I think, I think Arteta thinks so, but he doesn't want to say it in public. No, I think I think he said it a bit yesterday. In his but then he conference. said, like, I'm not going to talk about traffic. No, but he's also said, like, we're looking, you yeah, know, we're, we're ready, which I think they all are. Um, compared to, I don't know, Liverpool and losing Salah to the to Afcon. Um, Arsenal are maybe not in that position where... Wait, where's, where's key player Thomas Partey going to go? Well, Thomas Partey, obviously, is, is injured. Tomiyasu is injured, so I don't know if Tomiyasu... I don't know, but the report that he was back in training, that he's going to suddenly be fit for the... I don't know. I, I, don't, know, I don't know where he is, but I right now he has to play for it, you know. So, um, so, do they need to? I think if you can always get a better player than what you have in that position, of course you do, if you have the money available, if, if there's the right player, I think everybody would sign for it. But if you don't, then I think he also would be probably very happy with the squad that he has to continue the season. I think the, the, the tricky thing for them is obviously, I mean, the Tomiyasu injury really hurts you mm. because it means that either Tomiyasu or Ben White can't be your third center back, right? Yeah. Uh, so then it's got to be Kivior who's had light and darkness. I think psychologically, when you have a season-ending injury like they had with Saliba last year, yeah, yeah. it... It messes Timber with as well. Timber, right? Timber is or Timber is. And obviously Timber, yeah. but I mean, you know, last year we yeah, were really. so well, and then and yeah, then Saliba sure. gets hurt and the bottom falls out. So um, I think they could do with some depth. I'd like to maybe see them. I think a lot of it depends on Tomiyasu and, you know, when he's actually coming yeah. back. And I think he's going to the Asian Cup as well, right? So yeah, we, I, don't, I don't know that yet if he would be included in the Japan squad or not. So we'll have to see. Tottenham are also back on the pitch on Thursday, later on Thursday against Brighton away. Ange Postecoglou, however, makes no secret of the fact that they want to sign another 
central defender, especially now with the confirmation of the injury for Christian Romero, who'll be out for at least a month. That's logical, right? Yeah, and I like the fact, by the way, that he just cuts right to the chase. He says, like, yeah. you know, big hand saying, oh, yeah, no, Vanderveen's injured, Romero's out, Damonson Sanchez now plays for another club. Eric Dyer, he doesn't say, no, I don't no, like Eric no. Dyer, but it's obvious that no, he doesn't. he's not an Eric Dyer fan. And, you know, you'd rather not play uh, a left back like Ben Davies and a right back like Emerson Royale as yeah, center backs for obvious is, reasons. Exactly. Right? So he comes out and says, I need another body. No, that's right. He's being, he's being honest. He's being direct. And I think if they can find a home for Dyer, I think it would make things Sad. a little bit easier. Good luck with that. Big clash in Saudi Arabia, Jules, as Cristiano Ronaldo's Al Nasser beat Kareem Benzema's Al Itihad 5-2. Reportedly, they tell me what that... What do you Christ mean, reportedly? Because that's what, that's what they say. I don't... <laughs> hey, come on. You know what they say, right? What do you mean? You can count the goals. It's, a, it's, it's not reportedly. Reportedly sounds you're not sure if it's true. Uh, exactly. <laughs> listen, listen. You should, you should just don't believe anything you hear and only half of what you see. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, I'm kidding, Cristiano. It is 53 goals if you count the ones with Portugal. Of course. Um, in 2023, uh, that is a lot of goals. More than anybody else. Um... Well, 2023 is not over yet for some clubs. No, nobody can catch him now. Haaland doesn't play. Lewandowski doesn't have a game. Serie A is playing uh, Kane tomorrow. doesn't have a game. And, and, and Mbappé doesn't have a game. Serie A is playing Do Lautaro is going to score like another 20 goals tomorrow? Lautaro, I think, is injured. But <laughs> you don't, no, no, until it's over, you can't say that. Um, but also, <laughs> a just weird story. Is that Kareem Benzema really deleted his Instagram. I didn't check, to be fair. I didn't check the, uh, <laughs> his Instagram accounts. As we know, you know, he, he reposts my stories about him and all that. We're good friends. So I will ask him. I, he was getting some criticism uh, in Saudi Arabia for his level of performances with, with Ali Tihad. You can't go on the page right now, so I suspect this is true, or unless there was a bug somewhere. So Maybe a social media manager? I don't know if it was anger from the fans, if there was a criticism. I, I'm not really sure why. If it's just anger at the defeat, like you say in your question, I'm not really sure. Uh, and I'm not really sure either that Benzema is really the the main issue if Ali Tiada not having the great season that they thought they were going to have, to be fair, right now. Well, surely it's losing Nuno Espirito Santo. Yeah, clearly as well, of course. Of course. Well, Ham Sontag in Germany reports that Barcelona are going to be in big trouble with the UEFA's financial sustain, sus, sustainability rules, Gab, despite Joan Laporta and all his levers and all the money there and then and... The report is saying that they could actually be banned from the yeah. competition. So, okay, so this is their interpretation of it. And look, our Veltam Sontag is, is a serious newspaper. Yeah, yeah. So not, I don't want to impugn It's not there. a tablet or anything like that. The way I've read their story, though, doesn't follow, unless Barcelona have just been so irresponsible. And the reason is this. Basically, what they're saying is, you remember when um, they famously sold a chunk of their future television income, they booked the money straight away, right? Yeah. And as as profit. And they're saying that the financial sustainability rules don't allow you to do that. They, in, in, in essence, you can't do it. You have to book that over time. Okay. I would assume this is something that you would check. Well, people don't... Before. Yeah, sure, the yeah. club financial control body, whatever it's called at UEFA, like you can ring them up and saying, hey, if I make this move, am I okay? Is this legal? How do I book this? And then they tell you, right? They're in continuous contact yeah, with yeah, these clubs, yeah, sure. especially a club like Barcelona, for obvious reasons, were at risk at the time. So 
it seems extraordinary to me that they would have done this without getting the green light from from UEFA. Uh, now people are doubling down on this. People are saying, oh, UEFA are going to give their decision on this in February in between the, the Napoli home and away leg, which would seem stupid and vindictive yeah. on this. So I'm going to assume, I haven't done any further reporting on it because I don't want to bother anybody because it's the holidays. Yeah. But it seems, it would seem really, really extraordinary that, <laughs> that they would be in trouble. So yeah. I'm going to hope that they got this wrong for Barcelona's sake. I feel like we've talked about this in the last few months. Oh, I'm exhausted. We have, but, but it's still okay. Luis Suarez, to, the, the, the Luis Suarez to Inter Miami deal is finally done. Jules, I don't know if you saw the announcement on social yeah. media. And the, I don't know if it was that it wasn't them. So it was little kids wearing the the, the shirts about friends reunited, Jordi Alba, Busquets, Luis Suarez, and. and uh, with that, I don't think guy, guy. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember. That Sergio Roberto, maybe one maybe day. Maybe one yeah. day. Who knows? Amazing that Messi and Suarez will get to play together again to finish it all of this, the, the, the career in MLS. I mean, for MLS, amazing to have Luis Suarez. Even at that age, he was top school scorer in a Gremio in Brazil. I still think, I mean, it's not, I, I think he still has a bad knee and he's not fully fit. Certainly not the Luis Suarez that we saw at Liverpool or Barcelona, however, is still a wonderful player and a wonderful finisher. And I think that's all that matters. So let's enjoy that season, however long it lasts, for Busquets, Messi, Inter Miami, Alba and Suarez. And, and hope for the best for them. Yeah, it's, it's, defi it's definitely a, a showbiz move, yeah. but it doesn't mean it can't work. No. What I do wonder, MLS heads will know more about this than I do, is the perception is that, you know, you can have one or two guys on your team that maybe don't run like maniacs, but you, then you need to have more maniacs around them to do the running. So well, no, we can see. they do that? Can they fill that? Yeah, we see what Tata Martino can do. Jose Mourinho's Roma is low on central defenders, Gab, and they're strongly linked for a move to Leo Bonucci, who obviously his first half of the season was disastrous at Union Berlin. Many fans don't want him, though. Do you want him at Roma? Well, so the reason the fans don't want him apparently isn't because he makes a lot of money or because he was terrible at Union Berlin or because the last thing Mourinho, you would think, means is another slow guy at the back. Yeah. Um, it's because he's a former Juve guy. Of course. I can respect that. Me too. I, I can respect that. I when you really say your legacy. Pe some people are like, oh, but he's a professional, blah, blah, blah. I think Mourinho will take this into account. And I think if the deal does go through, I think Mourinho is going to challenge Bonucci to say, look, you know, I'm a former Inter guy and I won these guys over. Leo, with your performances. And if you're Bonucci, you can spin it. In a clever way, you can say, yeah, I'm a former Juve guy and you're entitled to hate me like you would hate a former Lazio guy. But let's not forget, Juve kicked me out on their backside. Yeah, so I, right now, I when I wear the shirt, yeah. I despise them as much as you do. <laughs> so if you're smart, you can make it That's work. That's true. That's very true. Football-wise, does it work? Mm, not At least 100. in the back three. I mean, in I mean, the back, back three, three at Union, to be fair, and it was terrible still. So, yeah. yeah, but this is... Sorry. This is different, yeah. With all due respect to Union Berlin. This is the Stadio Olimpico. This yeah, is Eternal yeah, no, no, no. City. This is Jose Mourinho. This is a serious football club. Oh, yeah. I, sorry, no, I don't, I don't want to disrespect. Let's so, move on. Let's move on. Let's Mourinho would say it's serious. Fatih Tarim back in coaching. Jules, he yeah. joined Panathinaikos, who are fourth in the Greek Super League. The first ever Turkish manager to come to Greece and, and play. I mean, we obviously know... You'd also almost think there was some history between the two. Yeah, exactly. Between Greece and, and Turkey. And we've seen them politically getting close again. 
So maybe that makes sense. I mean, we love Fatih Terim for everything that he's achieved, obviously, for Turkish football in general. No, we're just with the national team with Galatasaray as well. So let's see how he does at Panathinaikos. It must be quite exciting. 70 years yeah, young. Not young. I, I find it extraordinary that he hasn't coached in a big five league like other than, I agree. you know, since his experiences what, like more than 20 years ago yeah, right? that was in, in Serie A. So um, I'm glad to see him back. Me too. Jesse Lingard, Gab, is still with a, a club. He's just turned 31. His last England appearance was two years ago. Are you surprised? Is that weird to you that nobody wants him? Well, he's being linked to clubs in in France, apparently. I, I mean, I think he's been offered everywhere and anywhere. Uh, he goes on Instagram, does his training regimen. Uh, apparently, he spent a month at Al Etifak yeah. with Stephen Jardin, and then they couldn't reach a deal. So, look, if you spent a month at Al Etifak, you know he wasn't drinking or partying too sure. much or doing things he wasn't supposed to do. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if when people meet him, they say, like, whoa, this dude's weird or whatever. Like, there's something wrong with him. I mean, uh. surely you'd want him, right? And also, you don't think they would ask for a lot of money. He's in a position now where anything that you put on the table, really, I mean, nothing insulting, but, you know, any decent wages, he'll take. Speaking of insulting, if these deals with, I, I think it was Lille and Monaco he was offered to. Monaco yeah. said no. If this doesn't work, he's apparently said like, oh, that's fine. Then I'll go to MLS, which, again, not the smart thing to I say. Know, they can make it seem as if like, oh, look, <laughs> if this doesn't work, you know, then... then, then uh, there's that terrible league that I can always go to exactly. in the US, you know? Oh, if I can't afford Thanks, anything, Jesse. You know, I'll go shop at Primark or whatever. I mean, come on, man. Like, seriously? Um, I, yeah, he's not helping himself. No. But surely, try him out for a week, give him a short-term deal, and see if it works. Maybe he can join. No, thanks. No, I was going to suggest say? Luis Suarez, okay, Busquets, okay, Messi. Yeah, I mean, so, presumably these guys know who he is, right? Yeah. And he can go so. and play in MLS for the league minimum, right? Yeah. And maybe he can run around and... But clearly know. that's his idea, that small league there that I can always <laughs> yeah, go to anywhere. Exactly. That they would always want me there. A 241-page document lodged with the New York Stock Exchange outlines the terms of Sir Jim Ratcliffe's deal with the Glazers at United. Um, in the fine print, it says that they can't make major moves yeah, without both without his approval, and also that the two sides can't criticize each other in public. Is this last one really necessary, Jules? <laughs> I'm not sure what like, the, the like. Hey, don't say bad things about me, and I won't say bad things about you. Like in the well, playground, it just seems stupid because so the Glazers well, never speak anyway, right? Yeah. So you know they're not going to criticize Sir Jim because they don't talk. True. I don't think Ratcliffe talks it's very maybe, much either. Like what? But is, maybe in those kind of deals, even with big businesses, this is why it's some sort of NDA. Where you, that's what you do. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's you know what this is? It's lawyers. Ah, lawyers. Your if we can make job. a two hundred forty-one page document, when a <laughs> ten-page document can think of all those extra billable hours. Exactly, man. Exactly. Werder Bremen midfielder Molai Silla has reportedly been dropped from Guinea's African Cup of Nations squads. Gab, do you know why? So this is the most bizarre story. Now, I am I am slightly reluctant with this because sometimes when it's a story involving faraway people that people don't know, yeah. you can make up anything. True. Um, but apparently is a terrible relationship with uh, the manager who is uh, Kaba Diawar, yeah. former West Ham legend Kaba Diawar. And Marseille too, that's right. Yes, big nasty defender, right? No, Or striker. it was a striker. Striker, yeah. All right. Um, so... Basically, they, if you remember, Guinea played against Brazil. Silla exchanged shirts with Vinicius Jr., who's his favorite player, apparently. And then 
the shirt apparently went missing and they had like a frantic search in the dressing room and stuff. And so he's accusing Kaba Diawara of having something to do with the disappearance of the, the disappearance wow. of the Venetian. You know, this can be solved very, very quickly. And I, yeah. and I know Vini's a regular viewer to the show. So I'm just going to make Send this another one directly to you. Vini, I know right now, obviously, you're recovering from injury. You're going to a lot of MVA games. It was a lot of fun. LA, yeah. I'm sure you have a whole bunch of Venetia's junior shirts at home or your servants do. Why don't you send one to Mordaisilla? And honestly, like you, you can make an Instagram story out of it. You can do the unboxing of the yeah. Venetia shirt. You can sign it even to replace the one that's gone missing. And then that way he gets to go to the Africa Cup of Nations. That's a good idea. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope so. Jules, this is our last show of 2023. Oh, but we're going to be back next been. year. Yeah, for sure. See in 2024. Plenty to talk about. Say the hands back. Obviously, Premier League never really goes away. Yeah. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Love your neighbor.